Gather round. It's time to pick the draft order. So, this is how we're going to do it. I spent a lot of time, put a lot of effort into it, got very excited. So, that'll go over there. This Everyone is on your... the count of three, put your hand in, pull out a piece of paper. Here we go. One, two, three. Oh, oh, wow. There it this is. This is really exciting. Number oh, four. Number six. Number one. Number one. <laughs> Tim Brady, mother Congratulations. <laughs> but that is not where you're going to be drafting. See the kids over there? The kid with your number is your kid. Where they finish in the race is where you draft. Huh, bitches? You, you didn't even pick your own child. That's good because she's not that fast. Welcome to DFT, Dynasty Football Talk Podcast with my guys, Paul Edgington and Derek Cook. Let's get it. Welcome in and shout out to my guy Mike, aka McNutted, aka the Teardown King for the dope intro. He is the host of Destination Debbie's 4D Chess Dynasty Football Podcast. So the host and co-founder of the Shit Show. You can sub to their Patreon at patreon.com forward slash South Harmon. You can find him on Twitter at IWillMichael. They do specialize in Dynasty best ball strategies, so please check out all the dope content that they're putting out and all the unique strategies that they're coming up with. So Derek, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, We just got done eating some really good chicken, mashed potatoes and corn. That chicken with that uh, spicy chipotle danos was pretty A1 if I do say so myself. What do you think of danos, Paul? Oh, Danos is by far my favorite seasoning. Hot Chipotle is definitely my favorite one right now. It's growing on me, I tell you what. I didn't really like the spicy or the regular, but the, the hot Chipotle was pretty damn good. And then the corn, I mean, it was grilled on the grill, and it had butter and Mike's Hot Honey. I tell you what, that Mike's Hot Honey is some good shit. Put that shit on everything. Damn right, just like Red's. Yeah, it's true. Pizza, burger, chicken, all of it. Fries? Yeah, I'll have to get me some. Oh, yeah. Get the extra hot. Is that what you have? That's what I have. I gotcha. Now, from a great dinner to a couple alcoholic beverages and some Debbie football talk in week one of the college football season. So, Derek, you being a Buckeye fan, I assume the Ohio State-Notre Dame game is the one you're looking forward to most this Saturday? Well, I wish people could see your air quotes being a Buckeye fan, man. You know why Bleed Scarlet and Greg get that shit out of here. But, uh, yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm really excited for this game. Um, was it three versus five? According to the AP Top 25, it is two versus five. Okay, I gotcha. I don't know what I was looking at. I saw three. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. You know, I've wanted to play Notre Dame for a while. Um, you know, two historical programs, bashing heads on the football field on Saturday. But on to the real meat and potatoes of tonight's show, let's talk about some Debbie guys. Being an Ohio State fan, it seems like they've got done year over year. We kind of already know about CJ, Travion, and JSN. But we can get on to some of the other guys, younger guys, that are hopefully going to make a name for themselves this year. Um, I think we should start off with Marvin Harrison Jr. Oh, I love some Marvin Harrison Jr. How do you? I do. You remind, you, remind you of his dad a little bit? Not really. No, he's a me either. Like totally different. Physical. Like, completely different. Actually, Marvin, athletic. Marvin was a 
you know, genius route runner, and this kid's just like a freak of nature to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I love what he what he brings. You know, he's a he's a big body. Not to say he's not a good route runner, because I think he is. Um, but I just love he's a, he's a bigger boy. He can go and high point the ball. He kind of do it all. Um, didn't really get to see a whole heck of a lot loving last year. But when we did, I felt like it was always something really good. I mean, it's hard to get out there when you've got JSN, Olave, and Wilson. But I definitely think he breaks out this year. I definitely see that coming. You know, he did have three touchdowns in the Rose Bowl against Utah when he was able to actually get some good playing time. I have enjoyed watching him progress as a player, even though he hasn't gotten on the field a whole hell of a lot. And that he is on the same team as the number one receiver in his class, Emeka Ibuka. To this point, it does look like Harrison has progressed more than Egbuka has. Not to say that that's why Egbuka is not starting, but according to the depth chart, he's the backup slot guy to JSN. So, of course, with JSN in front of him, he's not going to get very much playing time in the role that they want to see him in. It was nice to see Egbuka play last year, although it was you know primarily on kick return. Um, but... I am excited to see hopefully see his role expand a little bit this year, being that he's you know second on the depth chart beside behind JSN. Uh, obviously, JSN's going to have to go out and catch some break some breaks because you know he's going to get winded. They're going to use him a lot, but I am excited for Ibuka. Um What do you think about Julian Fleming? Uh, that's a hard one, man. Because when he came out, uh, wasn't he also rated the number one receiver in his class as well? I believe so. Like number four or, overall. Or top five at worst, I Number think. four overall, I think, according to 24-7. Um, I was excited for him coming out because he's another dude. I think he's, what, like 6'3", 200-plus uh, easy. Um, but his problem coming out was he played on a super run-heavy offense, and he was just super, super raw. And, again, playing behind guys like Garrett Wilson and Olave didn't help. <clears throat> um, I do hope he has a breakout season this year and hope that he's progressed more than just that big body, get the ball to me, bruiser type guy. Um, what are your feelings on Julian Fleming, Mr. Michigan? Well, unfortunately, he did end up at Ohio State. But coming out of high school, I really liked him. I really love the big, physical, wide receivers. Unfortunately, he just hasn't progressed, it seems like, that he was expected to. But hopefully this year, he'll have a third-year breakout and at least show flashes of what we expected from him coming into college. He is also going to be the third receiver in the three receiver sets. So hopefully that says something that he's actually going to be on the field with the starters and he'll be able to make a little bit of noise and hopefully rise his draft stock. Now on to Notre Dame, who will come into Columbus and try to knock off the overrated Buckeyes. The hometown kid from Pick Central, Lorenzo Stiles, will be making his return to Columbus. I really love this kid. Very high on him. What do you think of him? Um, I, I do like him. Um, it's nice to see a Columbus kid, you know, get a D1 offer and go do big things on his own. Um, he was really effective in, you know, screen passes and the, the the intermediate to short routes last year. Um, didn't see a whole lot deep downfield, but I think a lot of that can be attributed to the poor quarterback play from Jack Cohn. Um, Everything underneath, though, I mean, he was pretty much always wide open, you know, and for a younger kid, I saw him sitting in pockets in the zones. I'm impressed for, you know, being a 
a younger kid. Not, he plays like a veteran, in my opinion. What about you? So I'm really high on him. Definitely a speedster. He's about 6'1", around 200 pounds now, I believe. So he's not the smallest guy, not the biggest guy, but he does have some burners. And like you said, the screen, short to intermediate game seems to be where he's going to make his hay and be the most dangerous. It would be nice to see the hometown kid come back home to Columbus and shit on the Buckeye secondary and make a little noise for himself and get some buzz in the Debbie community going. Although I would like for that to be the case, you know, you always want to root for the hometown guys. And not saying it's not possible because the Ohio State Buckeyes defensive backs seem to suck year after year. Hope Jim Knowles can figure that out. That's a different discussion. Uh, But I just don't see it happening. Although I am excited to see how he does with Tyler Buckner. What do you think of Buckner, Paul? I'm iffy on him. I'm not sold, but I'm not out on him. He definitely has mobility that I love, but I haven't really seen too much from him that I love, so hopefully he doesn't shit the bed this game and plays halfway decent. I think he sucks, to be honest. Why is that? I don't think he can pass the ball, man, to be completely honest. I mean, he can to a degree, don't get me wrong, but I wasn't impressed with anything he had. He did last year. His release looks fucking funky. Um, his upside is his rushing ability. I mean, that kid's got wheels for sure, especially for a white boy represent. Um, but I'm just not super impressed with his deep ball accuracy. You know, I mean, shit, I could hit the broadside of the barn from 20 yards away. I find that to be bullshit, but that's a discussion for another day. Hey, I was a high school pitcher at one moment in time about 15 years ago. But back to Buckner. Don't love him, don't hate him. Just want to see him on the field a little bit more to see if he's the next Ian Book or if he can actually make something out of himself going forward. I think Ian Book's a very fair comp. I, I don't. I mean, he'll be a good college quarterback, but I don't see him really doing anything Debbie-wise. Now on to the tight end one in the 23 class, Michael Mayer. I'm a really big fan of Michael Mayer. I think he has a great all-around game. From receiving to blocking, he can just do it all. I think he'll make a very quick impact in the NFL as opposed to the typical three to four years before we see something for a tight end. I think he'll make an impact within one to two years, if not his rookie season. What do you think of Mr. Mayer? I also like Mr. Mayer. Um, Although I'm going to disagree with you on the immediate impact, um, it's not very often we get a tight end that makes an immediate impact. It's always three to four years. I don't think he's anything special, outlandish, extraordinary. He's not Kyle Pitts. He's not Nobody's gonna, Kyle Pitts. He's Nobody is, and Kyle Pitts, you know, came out and produced year one. Finishes, what, tight end six with one touchdown? Depending on the format, yeah, around tight end six. Right. But I, I don't think he's that. I don't think he come in and, you know, is a tight end one within the first year or two. I mean, he'll be serviceable, but... He's not going to He's not Kyle Pitts for sure, not George Kittle. He's not going to be a top-tier tight end in the first two years. Well, neither were those guys. Or, sorry, neither was Kittle. Obviously, Pitts was. But I'm not saying he'll be a tight end one or a reliable starter each week. You can count on 10-plus points. But I think maybe by the second half of his rookie year, you'll be able to plug him into your tight end spot, at least get a handful of points a week. So, I mean, when you're outside the top five tight ends, that's all you're really looking for, right? Just some points on the board. I mean, yeah, 
pretty much. You know, you especially in the tight end premium league, you know, outside of top five, it really doesn't matter. Speaking of tight ends, on to our next game, Georgia versus Oregon. Oh, these tight ends. Oh, the Georgia tight end room is just fucking loaded. It might be the best tight end room That's ever in college football. It's for sure the best I've ever seen. I mean, you got Brock Bowers, Eric Gilbert, and Darnell Washington. I think all three of them are NFL caliber players. With Darnell Washington bringing up the tail end in that respect, I would definitely take Brock Bowers and Eric Gilbert as far as a Debbie team over Darnell Washington. Brock Bowers just looked like the next big thing at tight end with what he did in the receiving game last year. Eric Gilbert looked like a monster his freshman year at LSU, had some transfers, and hopefully we'll see him back on the field looking like his old self from a couple seasons ago. I think he could also be a very high NFL pick for a tight end. Can also put him out as wide receiver, is what Georgia was planning to do with him last season until he had some personal issues come up. And Darnell Washington is just a monster of a man at 6'7", 6'8", 260-plus. A hell of an athlete. He can get out there and run, get him in space, he can catch the ball. And it is a tough time to bring such a big man down. He's not the fastest, but for his size, he can get the job done with his athleticism. What do you think about this tight end room? Honestly, I think you about hit every nail on the head. It's, without a doubt, the greatest tight end room I've ever seen. Um, You know, Brock Bowers last year, I'm 90% sure he led the SEC in receiving touchdowns by a tight end. Breakout year, don't see him slowing down. Um, Eric Gilbert, the transfer from LSU, I love what I've seen out of him. I don't think he played much last year at all, but he transferred from LSU, and he definitely looked like a superstar in the making. And then Darnell Washington, like you said, 6'7", 6'8", huge boy, and I don't think I've seen any clip of him getting taken down by a single defender, always falling forward. I I love what I see from him, and he's going to be a great red zone threat or inside the 10 threat. You know, just throw it up to him. He's 6'7". Yeah, when you have somebody that's as athletic as him and big, you definitely have to use him inside the red zone as well as the 10 zone. I'm also looking forward to seeing A.D. Mitchell, the wide receiver of the 24 class for Georgia. 6'4", around 190, 200 pounds. I really like this kid. I think he could be next in line after George Pickens in terms of really good Georgia receivers that could make an impact in the NFL. Big body frame. Despite only being around 200 pounds, he doesn't look like a small guy. Looks like he has a little bit of muscle on him. With Pickens gone, as well as Jermaine Burton transferring to Alabama, I think he'll end up being the wide receiver one on this team by the season's end. My biggest problem with A.D. Mitchell is I believe his deep ball ability is going to be hindered by Stetson Bennett's ability to throw the deep ball. That's really the only negative thing I have to say about Mitchell, and it's nothing of his own fault. I can see why you'd be worried about Stetson Bennett. I'm not a fan of his at all. Before we move on from Georgia, also have to mention freshman tight end Oscar Delp, who just looked phenomenal and like a monster in the spring game. He's definitely next in line after Brock Bowers. This team could run 14 personnel, one running back, four tight ends, and I think they could still dominate like they do. All the tight ends are match matchup nightmares. Oscar Delp looks like he runs routes like a damn wide receiver already. 
he's definitely going to add some weight. So hopefully that won't hinder his route running or what he can do now. The only thing that adding weight, in my opinion, would do to him would just, you know, possibly slowing down a little bit. I don't think that, you know, putting on 20 pounds of muscle is going to hinder your ability to run routes. Um, but the 14 personnel is an awesome take. <laughs> you don't see that unless, you know, you're hardball doing something crazy. You've got to love the hardballs, man. Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, Kirby Smart and his boy Stetson Bennett, him and his boys. Um, They'll be going up against the Oregon Ducks. First is the new quarterback of the Oregon Ducks, Auburn transfer Bo Nix. Not the biggest fan of his, but I did want to bring him up. He did show flashes early in his career at Auburn that he might have NFL talent. Obviously, the last year or so, he's definitely fallen off a little bit. But maybe transferring to Oregon with a new coach, Dan Lanning from Georgia, maybe he'll be able to resurrect his stock a little bit and at least be drafted or make an NFL roster at some point. But I did like him his freshman year, especially the game against Alabama. I thought he looked pretty good for a freshman facing Alabama. I think expectations for him right off the bat got a little bit too high as far as a Debbie prospect, especially with performing well against Bama your first time out. People expected him just to skyrocket to the moon, and unfortunately... The rocket just never took off. I think I'm in the boat of not being behind Bo Nix. Reminds me a lot of you know a guy named Shea Patterson. Um, couldn't get the job done. Ended up transferring. Um, you know he he did have a good freshman season, but he's regressed every single year. I hope the best for him. Maybe going to Oregon is a breath of fresh air and can you know maybe jumpstart at least getting on an NFL roster. You know anything could happen, but. I'm not a fan by any means. He's an okay college quarterback, but to me, I don't think he has any NFL upside. Speaking of NFL upside, though, one of his weapons, Troy Franklin, uh, was watching some of his 2021 spring game, early enrollee. Um, I did see, you know, in that game, he had a touchdown catch, and I mean, it just blew my socks off as a guy coming in early. He looks explosive. He's got great hands. I think he could be a perennial deep ball threat guy, although Bo Nix I don't think has the ability to get the ball to him deep. What do you think about Troy Franklin, Paul? I really like Troy Franklin. Like you said, he's explosive, looks like a deep ball threat guy. 6'2", around 170, 175, I believe, currently. So he does have a frame that he could fill out, put on a little bit of weight, become a little bit stronger with the ball. I did see Coach Dan Lanning had some comments about Troy Franklin, that he has taken a few slant plays to the house or to the next level on the field. So that is good to hear that he's not just one-trick pony deep threat. He's getting some work in the short game, as well as running some slants that he could be deadly at. Might be a little bit of a hot take, and a lot of people might not see it right now. I could see him being the next Jameson Williams type of player, having an absolute breakout year, Deep field threat, slants can take it to the house. Just absolutely deadly speed that can kill you from all over the field. I definitely like that comparison, and I could also see it. I want to see him develop a broader route tree and be utilized in more ways than just being a deep ball threat. And I think he will have to be with Bo Nix as a quarterback this year. Now on to wide receiver U, the LSU Tigers. 
first we have, of course, Keishon Boutte, who's my personal wide receiver one in the 23 class. I'm very excited to see him back on the field, returning from his mysterious leg injury that he did have. I am curious to see if he's going to look like his old self, or if he's going to have some rust and maybe some regression from the previous season. Like I said, he is my wide receiver one in the upcoming rookie class. Derek, do you have him or JSN as your wide receiver one, or possibly somebody else? Currently, right now, I have JSN as my wide receiver one. Homer! You can call me a homer, uh, OSU Stan. Uh, Butte, I did have as a wide receiver one before this mysterious leg injury. I, I think we all know what he is, though. You know, he's highly touted for sure an NFL prospect, along with JSN. Uh, to me, it's definitely like a coin flip, 1A, 1B. They're completely different players, though. JSN plays inside. But I don't think you can go wrong with either of them personally. I, I do want to see what he looks like coming coming out this year just to see if he does have some rust. Wouldn't be surprised if he does. Um, but I think he'll work through it and, you know, come mid-season, be right back to what he was when he was pretty much a consensus wide receiver one. That about closes the book on Boutte. I mean, we all know what he is. He's an elite receiver, going to be highly drafted in the NFL as long as he looks right and doesn't look like he completely forgot how to play football. But probably my favorite wide receiver currently on the LSU roster is Malik Neighbors, class of 2024. I think Malik is next in line to be another great wide receiver out of LSU. I feel like right now he's a little bit lesser known and a sleeper in the Debbie world. He had less than 500 receiving yards last season and I believe four touchdowns. So he didn't get a lot of shine last year. But I'm really high on this kid. He has a long frame. Very good athlete. He has a pretty large catch radius for someone that's 6'1". Really long arms. He does look explosive. He goes up and gets the ball out of midair. He seems like, from what I've seen, he's more of a catch the ball with your hands. I didn't see very many body catches from him, which I just love seeing. I'm personally more excited about the unknown of what neighbors can be because everybody knows what Butte is or can be. Um, kind of piggybacking off of what you said, big body. I mean, he's 6'1", but I mean, he's got muscle behind him. He's, like you said, not a Devontae Smith, skin and bones type of kid. Uh, very good at high-pointing the ball. He loves to go up and get it. And in contested catches, it seems like he makes with his eyes closed. I'm excited to see what he does this year. Staying within the SEC, over to Florida and quarterback Anthony Richardson. Recently, he has been rising on Debbie draft boards and ADP. And with good reason, he's a big, strong, mobile, athletic quarterback with a strong arm. Just needs to be refined, go through his progressions, understand reading the defenses, and working on his accuracy. I know that you and I had a discussion about you know, him or Cameron Ward. And I think we both came to the agreement that we'd rather have Anthony Richardson. He does need to have a bit of refinement, which I'm pretty sure is down, bound to happen. But you love the ability that he shows. I think he's a little bit further along than Cameron Ward. Um, I am excited to see what he does this year, though. I can't wait to see him on the field either. As far as Cameron Ward's concerned, he's one of my guys. 
I think he will rise up the Debbie ranks rather quickly once people see him in the FBS as opposed to an FCS level team. I think he has all the tools to be an NFL quarterback, and I would not be surprised if he ends up being the quarterback three in the 23 class. And, you know, after Young and Stroud, it's really wide open. There's Levis, Anthony Richardson, Tyler Van Dyke. And I think as of right now, I'm very comfortable throwing Cameron Ward's hat in that ring that he could wind up as the QB3 in the 23 draft class. I don't think you're wrong. You know, C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young definitely are a lock at one and two. doesn't matter which order. I think they're a lock. And like you say, third through eighth is up for grabs. It just depends on who has the best year. And moving on to the soon-to-be Big Ten school, USC, I think we're going to start off with my boy Caleb Williams. Uh, I love the kid. Last year, he took over for Spencer Rattler. I think that he's got tons of potential. I'm excited to see him to continue on with Lincoln Riley and what they brought over transfer-wise over to USC. It'll be nice to see USC you know, be relevant nationally again. Caleb Williams' upside is obviously his rushing ability. But I think that a lot, what a lot of people overlook is actually his arm strength. Um, last year, I remember seeing that it looked like he really put some zip on the ball, which I was surprised with considering his mobility and ability to extend plays and go outside the pocket. But his, his ability to, you know, just zip the ball in there and... His deep ball accuracy was also a surprise to me. Um, and I, I think it's going to help him to have a guy like Jordan Addison there. Oh, the Belitnikoff Award winner. Do you see him as an NFL prospect that a lot of people are viewing him as? Or are you not so high on him? Uh, Jordan Addison, I'm kind of up in the air. I I mean, like you said, he won the Belitnikoff last year. And he has all kinds of talent. But I, I feel like he's pretty undersized for the type of, uh, you know, routes he runs and what he does. Um, I think the talent's there, but I don't think he's played the most talented DBs, personally, coming from Pitt, and he also had Kenny Pickett, to be fair, and now he's going to have a guy like Caleb Williams. The the talent that he's going to be facing will definitely be a step up compared to Pitt, but, you know, if he could play them DBs at OSU, DBU, or, you know, go down to the SEC and play some of them NFL caliber guys, I would be more out to be able to make a defined, definite decision if he's an NFL caliber guy. I think there's roster, a roster spot for him, but I don't know if I'm super high on him. Do you see him as a first, a third round pick, or a day three pick? Uh, I wouldn't say first round pick, but I'd say like a second or third. Do you, at this moment, have a certain place in your ranking for him in the 23 class for your wide receivers? Off the top of my head, I'm not entirely sure where I have him at right now, no. Okay. I like him, but I'm not 100% sold that he's somebody I want on my Debbie roster, transitioning to the NFL. Same concerns as you. He's small, played at Pitt. Not so great DBs in the ACC, and he did have a very good college quarterback getting him the ball and just feeding it to him. He had 100 receptions last year and 60 receptions as a freshman. So I'm just not 100% sold on him as of right now. That could change with Caleb Williams and him being in a new offense, in a pass-happy offense like the NFL is now. 
As far as Caleb Williams is, he's my overall quarterback one in Debbie. I would take him today over Stroud and Bryce Young easily. He does have a little bit of Kyler Murray in him, I believe, in my eyes at least. Just not so much the running athletic ability as Kyler. I think he's a step down from him, but he is a better passer than Kyler at this stage in his career. So I won't be shocked if he goes the first overall pick in the NFL draft when his time comes. I definitely won't be shocked either, and he's fitting that mold that we were talking about last week where NFL quarterbacks seem to be transitioning to with guys who have pretty strong arms, good arms, but are extremely mobile. You know, guys like Josh Allen, Lamar. uh, Nobody's ever going to be as athletic as Lamar, but, you know, just the ability to extend plays and get a first down if they need to in the NFL, and obviously for fantasy because we get more points for rushing yards compared to passing yards. That's it for USC. Now let's move on to another team that's going to join another conference in a couple years. Texas. Let's talk about Golden Boy. What do you think about Quinn Ewers? I think he can still be what we expected him to be. As we said last week about him, I still view him as a true freshman since he didn't get all the practice time he normally would. Got zero meaningful game time at Ohio State. So I still view this as his first year in college from a player standpoint for his progression. So I still think he does have a chance to be the top NFL quarterback that a lot of people envision him coming out of high school. I did hear rumblings that he does not look like the golden boy that people thought he was, that he might not even start the season as QB1, but since then he has been named the starter for the season. So that is definitely something positive for him, that he did win the job over the summer. And he does have a plethora of weapons out there. Xavier Worthy, Bijan Robinson, just to name two of them. Two other top Debbie prospects. So I think as far as the talent around him, he'll definitely have the opportunity to throw it around the yard and show what he can really do with good players around him and a good scheme under Coach Sark. What do you think of viewers? I was uh, a little concerned when I heard there was a QB battle down there in Texas, and I'm trying to stay unbiased, but you know I was a little upset when he left OSU. But I'm in the same boat also because I think he's 18. Really, this should be his true freshman year coming in. He, like you said, I think he had like four snaps last year in meaningless game time. I'm excited to see what he does um, definitely has weapons around him like you said the two guys you mentioned and and having Sark there speaking of one of them weapons how do you feel about Xavier Worthy I'm very high on Xavier Worthy he is my overall Debbie wide receiver three at the moment ahead of Marvin Harrison Jr. and Jordan Addison I know people are concerned with his weight and his slight frame but he absolutely balled out last season Big playability, great hands, crisp route one runner, quick feet, explosive, fast, everything you want in a receiver outside of the size it seems like, which he can of course put on a little bit of weight. He is about six foot, so he's not you know five seven, five eight. He's not Rondo Moore or Wando Robinson size. I do have him on both of my Debbie rosters at the moment and drafted him. I believe the 14th pick, and then it was a 
very complex mixed auction snake draft USFL style I drafted him as one of my Debbies in that league as well so I'm definitely excited to see him out there on the field again and I'm very high on his NFL prospects and as far as Debbie Leagues, I'm very excited to have him on my roster transitioning to the NFL, and I think he will do really well for fantasy in the NFL. I personally have him as my wide receiver four, I believe. I think I have Marvin Harrison slightly above him. I I really can't disagree with anything you said, although I want to. Um, I mean, I I really can't. You know, other than my him being different in my rankings, I can't say anything else. Then there's, of course, the stud B. John Robinson. By now, we all know what he is, what we expect him to be. The 101 and the 23 rookie drafts, I think, is where he's going to wind up next year in a majority leagues. In any dynasty format, if you have the 101 next year and you do not take B. John Robinson... I don't think you should be playing fantasy football. That's something I can agree with. Well, that wraps us up for this episode. As always, you can find us on Twitter at DFT Podcast, Gump7285, D underscore K-O-C-H 93. Hopefully we'll be in your ears again next week.